Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, a bit like the Walkman, Microsoft Internet Explorer was the height of fashionable technology. It was, of course, overtaken by Google, which is now a verb as well as a huge corporation. From today, Internet Explorer is no more. Elaine Burke is editor of Silicon Republic and joins us now. Good afternoon, Elaine. Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad. Now, is it, would it be the case they've got rid of it because it's just so old hat that even you know a lot of websites don't want to accommodate it anymore? Yeah, a lot of web developers will probably be breathing a sigh of relief that they no longer have to work on backwards compatibility with Internet Explorer. And it's not that Microsoft has thrown um, out the whole idea of having a, its own browser. It has its own browser called Edge that it's been trying to edge users towards using. And having Internet Explorer hasn't really helped in moving them along that journey. It was kind of long been signaled that Internet Explorer was going to go this way and, and they finally pulled the plug. Right. And so does that mean if somebody's building a website, you have to take into account the different browsers that might try to find that website? Absolutely. Yeah, that would be best practice in terms of web development. You want to make sure that the broadest scope of users and also users that might be on some older tech that you don't want to exclude them. So you want to make sure that you have a lot of compatibility in terms of the code that you're building. Right. OK. And and was it the case already that uh, a lot of web developers were saying I couldn't be bothered including uh, accommodating uh, Internet Explorer anymore. Absolutely. I'm sure there are some developers who are just like, yeah, I'm not going to bother because it's just got such a small use case. And Microsoft itself was moving away from um, integrating Internet Explorer. Uh, its own team software, which a lot of people might be using in the last two years for remote working, that's no longer really compatible with Internet Explorer. Uh, its latest operating systems don't really push into Explorer compatibility. So even Microsoft was moving away from it. Right. OK, so, I mean, this is not before time then. You'd ask the question, why Why have they kept it hanging around for so long? And, and actually, even in their Edge browser, they still have something called IE mode. So if you really have a hankering to go back to the old days of the web and view a website that was built for then, you can use IE mode to do that. And it's kind of, that's, I suppose, why they've kept it around. For those people who are the digital archivists, and who wants to kind of look back on this history of the web, because we now have this quite rich, dense history of, of web media that can be lost when these upgrades happen. So I suppose that's why they kept it around for a bit longer than than maybe they would have if, if it was all fully a commercial decision. Right, OK. So but would there be a very, presumably, admittedly, a very small cohort of people who would like to use things like uh, um, Internet Explorer because uh, because it's kind of old-fashioned? Yeah, apart from the people who might choose to use it because they're curious about web history or whatever, um, or even that they work um, in compatibility um, issues and they're trying to kind of troubleshoot things that involve using that kind of browser, there might be users who are just on old technology that haven't yeah. upgraded and uh, might just still be on that browser. Yeah. What, what, when was the kind of glory days of Internet Explorer? Oh, that is a great question. I mean, for me, I was on Internet Explorer for much of my early internet life. And it was really only in um, maybe when I got to college age that it became about Firefox was the hot thing first. And Mm. you were a more savvy internet user if you knew to download a different browser rather than going with your default. Because Internet Explorer was really the default browser for a lot of uh, early PC adopters. And I think what happened was there was a shift in user consciousness and technology. And they took control of things and they wanted to uh, choose their own products. And the tech-savvy types then wanted to exercise their choice and find the best product as opposed to the default. 
And while all those people were exercising a, a choice, was it just a coincidence that all of them chose Google? I don't think it was a coincidence. I think Chrome uh, really sold itself well. Google was a well-known brand by the time they launched Chrome. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that people actually kind of equate the internet with Google some of the time because it's mm. where they go first to access the internet. So it felt like a natural step to then use uh, a Google Chrome browser. And it was fast. It was super, super fast when it came out. And that made it really, really competitive. Yeah. Was it was that a, uh, a severe blow for Microsoft then? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like Microsoft was the dominant web browser for, for many, many years. And then Chrome came along and just took the crown straight away from them. And now, I mean, Internet Explorer it would be far, far, far down the list. Edge is still far down the list. And Edge is even built on Google's own open source browser software. Mm. Um, and, and Google's very dominant still in this space. But now Chrome is actually starting to suffer from competition. And again, it's, I think it's a change in user nature and people are opting for privacy-centric browsers and browsers that offer them different kind of security protections and that kind of thing. And that kind of choice is definitely affecting the market once again. Okay, so c- could you identify, is there a young pretender to the throne that Google might be worried about? I think what's interesting is Firefox is definitely staging a comeback. Um, it's always kind of been in the mix, to be fair. But like I said, Chrome has been very, very dominant. You're talking, I think it might have reached 90% dominance at one point. Um, but it's it's now lingering around like 55, 60%. And the likes of Safari is very popular. And when you think of mobile users and defaults, iPhone users tend to default to Safari. Mm, um, yeah. So there's a lot of usage driven by that. But Firefox is one that people kind of have to make a conscious decision to use. And it's gaining market share. I think it's getting near about 10% now. And they just this week announced extra privacy protections for users. And that's the kind of users that they're targeting, users that want to kind of be in control of their data when they're browsing the web. Mm. And yeah, actually, given that you mentioned it, I mean, is, is this very much split between Apple users and everybody else in terms of what browser, uh, you know, what search engines people use? I'm sure there are Apple users that download their own browser and, and decide to use it. I'm one of them. I mean, I have an Apple laptop and I, I choose to browse on Firefox rather than Safari. Mm. And that's just, I find Safari is good for my needs and my uses. I mean, Chrome was a speedy browser, but uh, in the last couple of years, kind of became clunky, taking up a lot of your uh, computer uh, memory access. And it, it just didn't, be, didn't give the seamless experience that it used to give. And that's what prompted me to switch. So you'll have a different kind of users that don't settle on the default. But when there are defaults available, you will have a massive market share. So Safari is always going to have a good market share because of that. Yeah. Though at the same time, it wouldn't Edge be the default on, on many computers, but maybe isn't used as much. It's not. That's the interesting thing. And they just haven't seen that kind of take up. And Microsoft's excuse for that is that users now are aware of choice in a way that they weren't when the first iterations of Internet Explorer were out there. So that element of consumer choice and act, actively acting on that choice has definitely had an impact. Right. Okay. And will continue, do you think? I mean, do you think Edge isn't too long for this world either? Um, what I think is really interesting is we haven't seen the end of what's happening in the browser development space. And if you're a geek like me, you'll find this really fascinating that browsers are becoming a hot piece of tech again. And it's it's due to the shift in consumer consciousness towards privacy. And a lot of people are a bit wary about Chrome and Google tools and the amount of data that they track. And Chrome itself is working on tools um, to better attract those kind of privacy-conscious users. Safari has always done kind of work in that respect. And they've brought out uh, new protections for um 
preventing tracking and all that sort of stuff. And that seems to be the space that all the big browser makers are trying to compete in now because I think they see consumer sentiment going in that direction. Yeah. Consumer sentiment might be going in that direction, but advertiser sentiment might be so keen on it. Yeah, the ad tech world is is heading for a massive shake-up. And also just generally anyone working in content online uh, we're going to have a huge reckoning because uh, even Google Analytics uh, is going to change fundamentally in the next year because of changes to how these companies are working in new privacy frameworks. Um, I think this all kind of stems from going back to GDPR and tighter and tighter EU legislation on, on data protection and stuff like that is really having that impact now mm. on how these companies are behaving and how they're shaping their products. And Google Analytics, for example, is a tool used by a lot of content creators for basically free analytics on their content. And that's going to change substantially in July next year. And there's also like protections from Apple, a change in how apps can access information and that's a fundamental impact on app developers. These things are, are not minor. They're not just the purview of the geeks among us because anyone in a business in tech or online media needs to be aware of these changes. Is it going to affect, or whose bottom line is it going to affect? Um, anyone who is building a business based on data that's heavily invested in tracking users across the web or tracking users' use on mobile, they should definitely be examining their practices um, because the, the, the current is definitely going in the direction of pulling those things back a bit and not having this like mass surveillance of users that's just indiscriminate. And like even if you ever look into when you get those cookie notices and you log onto a website mm. and actually look into the permissions are giving on the long, long list of ad tech companies and their names you've never even heard of that are making money off your data. Like it does call you cause you to question what's going on here? Like what am I giving away and why are they all so interested in my browser history? <laughs> because they want to blackmail you, obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, Elaine, thank you very much uh, for speaking with us today. That was uh, Elaine Burke there, editor of Silicon Republic. You are listening to The Moncrief Show and News Talk. We're going to take a break after that parenting. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.